on the cusp, back in the car, out of the truck, back in Tennessee. It's good to be home. We got back yesterday from New York City. So I thought I'd hop on here and do part two while I'm running around in the car. Part one ended pretty abruptly. I had just eaten my second hamburger after running a 5K. That's where I was in the story. That happened last weekend in New York City when I did the Tunnel to Towers 5K. If you want to hear that story, you can go back to part one. So we stayed in New York City for a few days and did some sightseeing with the family. It was pretty awesome to figure out the subway system again. It's been seven years since I'd been there. So it's pretty cool to just... I, I was just amazed at what humans have accomplished in the past couple hundred years. When you just look at that island there in New York City, what everything, everything that's been done, it's amazing. So I, I just... I live in amazement when I'm walking around up there, taking in all the sights, looking at the tall buildings and, and imagining how in the world they built this subway system. I can't believe it. So, finally, the night before we're going to leave, we're staying in an RV park across the Hudson River. And I'm filling up the water tank. And in an RV, when you fill up the water tank, typically, my understanding is, you fill it up till you see the water spill out, then you know you're full. So that's what I was doing. Well, this time... The whole water tank just fell out on the ground. Bah! Just nailed the ground. And, I mean, this is a 60-gallon tank full of water. So it's a lot of weight. There's wires and pipes and everything connected to this thing. I don't know anything about it. All I know is it's laying on the ground and I ain't going anywhere tomorrow. Because I got to figure out how to put this thing back. And there ain't no, like, RV repair around New York City, Jersey City. None of that's around there. So I was pretty much on my own. And we had scheduled the next morning to go to the 9-11 Museum. It was actually the next day around noon. Now this happened because a man that I had met in Nashville months ago, one of the people with the Tunnel to Towers organization who had originally invited me up to do this 5K one of those guys had been in contact with us. His name's Frank. He'd been talking to me when we were up there and, and trying to help us uh, get a get booked a, a VIP tour of the 9-11 Museum. It was on him. They did this for us. They, they put us in contact with the head of security and got us a VIP tour. I mean, it was unbelievable the way, the way he took care of us and, and, you know, gave us points of interest to hit and everything. Just a great guy so we had that already booked the next day and i'm sitting here thinking man we're supposed to do that 9-11 museum tour come back get in the truck and drive away from the campground but that ain't gonna happen now so i had to add another day to the campground which is pretty expensive in jersey city but i said i'd rather just do that and have a day to work on that thing so we did the 9-11 tour but because we were there for an extra day, we we actually took our time down there around the 9-11 World Trade Center area. We walked around for a bit, and we come up on this man who was selling magazines. He's just kind of a street vendor, just walking around with a bag of magazines. And, 
and he would he approached us. And initially, I would just blow somebody like that off. But this guy, there was something about him. So Amy and Amy and I kind of leaned in to listen to what he said. He said, "Hey, I was right here," and he pointed to a street corner when the plane hit the towers. And he starts telling his story. He goes, "And here I am in this book," and he shows pictures of everything. He's going through all these pictures. Now, my son Avery is very interested in 9/11 and the story of the twin towers. Um, he's just—he's always been intrigued by it. His favorite song of mine is the 9/11 song "Ain't Over It Yet" that I play out. So he's always asked me to do that song, and if I don't play it, he gives me a hard time about it. I tell him, "I'm like, man, I'm not going to play that sad song everywhere I go," but he thinks I should, which is just—it's just funny to me. This this little kid is so into that song. So he was fascinated with this man. And I realized I need to buy these books off this guy. And the guy offered all these books for 20 bucks. So I bought them. Well, as we're walking away, the guy says, hey, and by the way, I'm a Christian too. Now, that's pretty bold for a guy on the streets of New York to say to random people like us. But he said that and we said, wow, we are too. And he said, here, take this. And it was a gospel track. They're called a chick track. They're they're these comic book style um, little booklets. You flip through it and it has the gospel message in it. But it's told in in a almost it's kind of brutal sometimes. It's a King James version is what it is. It's the old school gospel track and it's a lot of uh, fire and brimstone in those things. Uh, and but you know what? Every time I read one, they ring true, and I think they are very effective. And I can I can tell you when he gave it to me, I didn't think much of it, but listen to how the story ends. So we go home after the 9/11 museum, which of course was just incredibly emotional and and powerful. And I'm there with a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. My six-year-old daughter, she's pretty hungry through the whole thing, so she's just dying to get some pizza. But Avery's fascinated. Amy is is blown away by it. By the way, that was the wrong term to use. But anyway, she was amazed. So we left, and we uh, we grabbed some pizza at Little Italy right there in New York City. Awesome pizza experience. And then we hop back on this ferry, and we ride across the water over to our RV park. I then worked on it and got it fixed at least kind of strapped back together so we could get on back down the road there's no way i could fill the tank i had to empty the tank it's a whole long story i ain't gonna get into it anyway i got the thing finished but i was frustrated as i could be i i i had broke something else while i was out there working on it and it was totally my fault and so i'm just mad i'm up here in new jersey paying extra money to stay at this park because the dang freshwater tank fell out and then i messed up this and that and all this stuff and i'm just frustrated aggravated and i go in the camper and it's basically nighttime and i don't feel like talking to nobody or seeing nobody and i guess we're gonna get out of here in the morning and i just kind of had a bad attitude you know considering how amazing of a trip this is you know i it's kind of weird for me to look back on this and think i had such a bad attitude but i did and avery and aria where my wife was fixing to put them to bed and Aria, my little girl, speaks up. She says, Daddy, will you read that gospel, that uh, that comic book? And we had almost forgot about it. Oh, yeah, the thing that guy gave us. 
So I, I decided, I actually thought about telling her no. And I was like, you know what? I just grab this book and read it to him. And I started reading it, and I was like, this is going to take forever. And I actually said that out loud. I said, guys, this is longer than I thought it was. They're like, keep reading, keep reading. So I read this whole gospel track. And we were going through, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole story of it. But anyway, basically, it ends with this little boy asking Jesus to be his Savior. And all the people that made fun of him get thrown in the lake of fire. <laughs> I mean, it's brutal. It's like I said, this is old school, man. So I finished reading that and I told the kids, I said, look, you know, that sounds pretty harsh. I said, but if we believe what the Bible says, then that's true. And that's what happens to people that that choose to not believe in Jesus and put their faith and trust and get and, and give their lives to him. That's the difference between being a Christian and not being one. Well, they they listened to what I said and we said goodnight, turned out the lights and put them to bed and I went on about my business and <clears throat> I was getting ready for bed myself and all of a sudden I hear Avery upset and telling my wife that he's he has a weird feeling and he said he can't explain it, it's in his tummy and she said what do you mean and, and he kept saying I don't know, I'm just nervous and i just anxious ever since daddy read that book and now look, Avery has known this for for years. I mean, he knows the gospel. We've told him and he's been to church his whole life and um it's it's not news to him. It was just I think the combination of the 9/11 stuff and and that book in his age and he has actually talked to us about getting saved before but said he wasn't ready to make that decision yet. And we don't like to force it. We're not going to do that. That's not our job. So the Holy Spirit, though, was impressing on Avery that now is the time to do this. And we sat and talked with him in our little bedroom there in the RV. And I forgot all about the tank falling out, and I forgot all about everything I was mad about. And I sat there and started reading through the Romans Road, is what we call it. All the scripture in Romans and Acts that talks about our need for a Savior. There's no one righteous not one and I go through all of this scripture and I asked him do you understand that you know you're this isn't just get say a prayer and and, and miss hell this is a relationship with the king of king, king of kings this is a relationship with with Jesus and, and God and Yes, it is about eternity and heaven and all that, but there's so much more to it on this earth. And I said, you understand that we all need a Savior because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he did. He said he understood every bit of it. And he sat there, and this boy said, he told us, he said, I just feel like I'm shaking. And he was crying, sobbing. And I had never seen my nine-year-old like this. I'm passing a church right now here in Tennessee. It's the Saved by Grace on the church. That's amazing. But um, he just, he was moved, and I could tell it was the Holy Spirit. So I'll, I'll summarize this story and just say we prayed with him. We read scripture with him, and and he he asked us to help him say 
the words because he said he just doesn't know how to say it. So we helped him. But we said, you had, this is between you and God. This ain't got nothing to do with us. You know? And I say I like to say because I think people sometimes wonder, you know, are we just getting kids to say a prayer so they can get heaven insurance or, you know, fire insurance? And that's not what we were trying to do. We were actually trying to make sure that this boy understood what he was doing. And, and, and I could tell the whole time, if I ignore this or try to put it off, I'm, I'm going against the Holy Spirit at that point. It felt like the Holy Ghost was a hold to all of us in that room. It was amazing. And here's the summary. I, I've been telling you, I'm going to summarize it. I don't think that happens that way if the tank doesn't fall out and give us extra time in New York and if we don't just happen to walk out at the exact time and walk out of the the subway onto this corner where a guy approaches us and not only do we take the time to listen to him I normally would have blown this guy off I we'd lean in we felt Amy and I talked that day before Avery ever got saved we said there was something about that guy wasn't there and we both agreed there was just something about that guy. I felt like a, a, a God-ordained moment. This was early in the day. And later that night, that little comic book gospel track helped, helped our son put the final pieces together. This I need to be saved. And, and I'm just going to tell you, I think that is amazing. And after all the churches I've been to with my kids, all the preachers that they've listened to, all the preaching that I've done to them, these kids, uh, you know, Avery decides after <laughs> after a guy in New York City, hey, here's a gospel track. Next thing you know, my kids get to say, I'm like, my gosh. So that's how it works. It's amazing. The next day we got up and it was smooth sailing all the way back to Tennessee and now we're preparing for a tour that takes us to a rodeo in Florida and then all the way to Montana again and back. So hopefully we make it there and back safely. But thank you all for listening to all these on the cusp of new life in Jesus. If you haven't been saved, if you're listening to this, I'm going to do like preachers do at the end of their service. If you haven't, if you haven't had that experience, I hope this inspires you to think more about it. Because one thing that I couldn't help but think of is if we draw ourselves close to God, He will draw close to us. And sometimes He's just drawing close to us and we don't even know it. We're not even paying attention. And then, bam! There He is. He's right there. And that's our chance to draw close to Him. And that's what happened to our family this week. We're grateful. New York City was so awesome. Everybody says it's dangerous. I'm sure it is. All I can tell you is our experience was fantastic. I was going to say fabulous, and then I said it was great. I'm ending this thing terribly. I'm just going to go out right now. Later.